Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your doob doob Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Barocco and I'm joined as ever by a jubilant Stephen Carroll. Evening, Steve. Evening. And we promised we'd get him back when it was more about the happenings on the pitch rather than the antics off it. And we kept true to our words, so it's a very warm welcome once again to ex-trust chairman and equally jubilant Andy Gordon. Uh, it's nice to have you in a more positive circumstances, Andy. Well, yes, God, beating the scum 3-2. Can't, can't get better than that, can it? Especially in 99th minute uh, winner for Ben as well. So, yep, absolutely chuffed, mate. Absolutely chuffed. Great, great to have you on. Well, 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 I... I don't know. Football is complete, isn't it? I just don't know what there is else to achieve, Steve, after the goings on of the last 12 years. Um, After that all happened, all we could do is really play against them again, batter them and do the dupe last season, which is what happened. And then we were just left with, well, can we repeat the feat, create new history as the first team to ever win four back to back. But this time break their hearts into a million pieces in the process. Incredible. Yeah, um, I think we all thought oh, it's never going to get better than what happened last year, really. I mean, the, the humiliation on their um, their own turf to to do the dupe. But, um, yeah, Saturday tops a lot. It's, it's never, ever going to get better than that. It's, it's pointless hoping for it. We're just so lucky that we've we've had a moment like that. I honestly think the only thing that would be better would be an equivalent of an Aguero moment. Uh, I, I, I don't think it gets better. It's like a one-off game. We've, we've achieved more as a club that, than this. We've Obviously, we've had things that are, we should be proud of and stuff like that, but the sheer emotion was unbeatable. Like you, it, it can't get better than that. I've, I'm still on cloud nine and we're what, over 48 hours after the full-time whistle and yeah, the, the, there's no feeling like this. It's it's unbelievable. It's just right. I just and you're like, we have to go back. We have to go back to the start of Saturday because you were at the home of the head slappers, of course, Steve, as were 2,200 others. So let's talk us through your morning and your journey up there because I'm sure there are so many listening to this podcast who want to relive that day through your experience. So a um, bit of a, a ritual now for a. A couple of us. Um, so this is the third time in a row we've done it. We bank statement for breakfast, um, and then straight to the railway by about ten o'clock. And done this. Not if we've been home or away, because obviously if we've been home, you probably have to leave the ground about half eleven for a twelve o'clock kickoff, and the buses were leaving at half eleven for Cardiff away. So yeah, did that, and then like I say, we're in the pub about ten. It was absolutely rammed in the railway. Like it's all, obviously it's always very busy before a Cardiff away. But, like, it wasn't as busy as that about 10 o'clock last year. Like, you, you couldn't move out of it. You could barely get to the bar. Yeah, it was it was nuts. And then, obviously, all the usual songs are on the jukebox, like Daydream Believer. Um, it's always good. You know, it's just that, like, nervous tension in the air. Really. Everyone's, you know, looking forward to it, knowing it's a big day. Um, we're also sort of wanting it out of the way because, you know, you, you just don't know how it's going to go. And, obviously, the, the journey to Cardiff is is quite slow. Um it was it was like that again this time, but um, it was a bit of a shambles. I've, I've got to be honest about this. Like the toilet was like shut on the bus, and I think a lot of buses had this issue. And you're thinking, well, it's a basic human right to be able to use the toilet. Why on earth is it shut? So I went to get on the bus, and um, I needed to go, as you do after a few drinks. And um, yeah, the the steward on the bus more or less said, oh, there's the, the toilet isn't open, and once you're on, you can't get back off. And I'm thinking to myself. 
you can't be serious here because I'm getting on. We won't leave that quickly. We'll crawl up the M4. Now, we can't expect people to hang on for about an hour here, like to, for the toilet. And obviously, you're not going to be the only one. So, yeah, it was ridiculous. In the end, she did reluctantly let me off. But I'm thinking, what, what's this all about, you know? So, yeah, I, that's something that's got to be looked at. You can't go shutting toilets on, on, on buses in this situation. But, um, yeah, like I said, we crawled up there. And we did eventually, obviously, get to Cardiff West Services, the usual drill, everybody off. Either, again, you can go to the shop or anything like that. But luckily, I was in one of the, the earlier buses to go in this time. So I think I was in the ground by about half was one. So not too bad. Then you can obviously you can get a pint in and get some food or something like that. And then, yeah, the, the usual carnage in the, um, obviously, in the concourse. And obviously, we had a certain uh, Lee Trundle uh, as one of our ringleaders of the singing. So, uh, yeah, that was good. It, it always just, it's brilliant, isn't it? We always seem to see, you know, ex-players in the way. And we had Leon last season. We had, obviously, McBurney and Roden previous to that. So it just, just really feels like the, the ex-players really buy into it. And I'm sure some of the other ones would have been in there if they, obviously, they, they didn't have other engagements on Saturday. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it is quite special to see some of these guys in the way. And, and uh, you could tell Trondle was loving it. It's, it's it's lovely and it? it's just something that we've got that they just don't seem to have at the info that we've got that close connection to ex-players who still hang around we we fairly regularly see the likes of Trundle and Robinson and Leon Steve in the railway after a Swans game don't we and, and uh, have a quick chat with them and things they do still mix with the locals they do still hang around it's it's great. Andy, um, I love the fact that we've been able to get you on and I'm not grilling you about the trust, or at least I'm not starting <laughs> by grilling you about the trust. But Me too. Oh, what a day for this club. Oh, it's unbelievable. No, I, I, I didn't go, and I, I was, I was very envious of those that did. In the end, uh, you know, the whole bubble trip is a nightmare, isn't it? Nobody, nobody enjoys it. It, it does put a lot of people off, especially including myself. But um, no, to, to have been there for that atmosphere, you know, you could, you could tell across from watching, watching on the stream, you know, the atmosphere just seemed electric, you know, and um, especially, especially in the first half and winning, and then, well, of course, especially at the end, then, but. Um, no, um, watching the videos, you could see, you know, I saw Trundle singing in the concourse, you know, and um, loads of videos doing the rounds, you know, on the buses there and in the concourse there. And um, no, it, it just seemed brilliant. And as as you say, you know, I think that is a difference between our clubs, isn't it? You know, um, that, you know, some of the ex-players do um, come there and, 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 and go to the games. You know, you, you do see them around town as well. You know, Leon's quite, quite a regular in Uplands, for example. It's, yeah. No, it's um, think think. No, it just seemed a brilliant day, and um, I'm very jealous that you went, Steve, <laughs> and I didn't. Well, off air, we were talking about this, and I said yeah. I have to go to Cardiff away purely because if you get a moment like Saturday and I'm not there, I'll be devastated. And yeah, I suppose yeah. it's sort of come true. I know it can go the other way. Um, <laughs> the, the Chopra one springs to mind as being horrendous, but um, yeah, yeah, we, we've got our own back for that one, and this one was surely more painful. So. Thank God for that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not the first time we've seen this earlier. It's not the first time we scored a winner against them in injury time. Um, I remember Matt Bound in the in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, and that yeah. that was just spectacular. That was. But um, nothing better than the last minute winner against them is the last kick of the game. But ninety ninth minutes taking the piss, isn't it? That is something. But um, yeah, I found something quite interesting today on Twitter, which was some pre-match comments from Cardiff players, and Ibrahim and Mark Harris was uh, chatting, and um, 
Harris said that uh, it would be nice for them to to get the revenge and get uh, get one over on us. He predicted an early goal or last minute winner. Well, he is actually from Swansea, so I'm not actually sure he was wrong because we had both <laughs> an early goal and a last minute winner, Steve. And what a what an absolute dream start um, for us inside two minutes. It's just you couldn't script it. It was. Uh, Joel Perot, we talked about him this season. We talked about how he didn't seem to be switched on, whatever, but he seemed back to his old self on Saturday and a finish, which looked more a place of his last season's instincts than this one. It was fantastic. Yeah, um, I didn't feel hugely confident going into the game, to be honest. I think, obviously, we haven't been playing brilliantly. Um, I think it's uh, well known my thoughts on our goalkeeper, and uh, I'm sure we'll get on to him shortly. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, you never expect to score that early, but I, I just remember seeing Perot getting in, and you're instantly... <laughs> There's that standard thing, which obviously we'll talk about later with the winner, but like, you know, the, the ooh of like him, him being in and then obviously he smashes it, it goes in. I've ended up on the floor within a couple of seconds. Jumped, and then, yeah, it's just absolute carnage again. And you almost like can't believe it. You think, God, not, not again. Surely we can't keep winning this game and we can't keep inflicting misery. And you think we've it's literally taken two minutes for us to, you know, just bring them back down to earth again and, just in dreamland it's there's no feeling like it is there when you've you get a goal in the derby and um yeah i can't remember us scoring an earlier one no i think when you start like that and it's all those pre-match news we did obviously get an early one last year didn't we with Oberfermi? um was fairly early, early on wasn't it but it, it was just to, to just kill all that pre-match anticipation all that we're gonna get at you you don't ever know how a game is gonna turn out um, I think Russell Martin said last year, within about 30 seconds of the kickoff, Norton just put his foot on the ball, and he just thought, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be fine today." And it was just like that complete calm and uh, and just composure. Um, and uh, if if whilst we didn't have Kyle Norton on the pitch, the way we approached Andy um, the game, and I was talking pre-match, in fact, a couple of hours before kickoff, saying. Please, Russell Martin, be brave and stick with the team that run Millwall ragged, but from a crazy five minutes where we threw the game away and beat Bristol City comfortably at home. Stick with that single man in the pivot role of Matt Grimes and have the three attacking midfielders behind the two strikers because we shown this season we really struggle to defend and our strengths very much can lie with hurting the opposition the control we had in the opening 30-35 minutes for me we made that statement demonstrably true in that he was right to stick with the team and ease the nerves because we just dominated the ball Uh, yeah I mean I think there's been so many times this season we've started games really well, you know, but uh, and um, you know we've scored goals or not or whatever. But we 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 generally do play quite well in the first half. I thought we took we took it up another level, didn't we, on Saturday? It was far and away the best I've seen us that first thirty. Whether it's because they're really shit or not, I I don't know. But um, it's we 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 were dancing around them, you know. It's playing some really fast passing, just moving around them, making them like store dummies, you know, but it was, it was just beautiful to watch. It really was. It was like, it's like the old times, isn't it? Just, you know, just seeing, seeing us pass and move, it was just glorious. And you know, obviously I think the early goal obviously helps, 
But um, no, it wasn't just that, was it? It was after that we were doing it, and um, they mm. weren't really threatening at all. And um, we 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 had a few chances that first that where the ball just maybe we played it a bit too early, or the run went a bit too late, or it was just a bit too heavy, or whatever. But we would cut them to ribbons at times, and you know there was there only looked like one team that was going to score that that first half, and it was us. And uh, well, that's that's what happened early on, and obviously that's what happened afterwards as well. But um, yeah, we were. We were, we were good that first half, we really were. Yeah, it's it's a testament, Steve, isn't it, that um, after after beating the likes of Hudson with his complete lack of experience and, and Steve Morrison with his lack of experience, that we come up against a manager with experience in Lamucci and, and it looked like Cardiff came with something of a game plan, albeit it appeared ineffective now, um, to look at their high line and how high they were pressing us up the pitch, knowing that... In previous years, where we might have had the likes of Oberfemi to stretch that back line, um, which we don't have now. Um, the test in our fact that we haven't got the pace necessarily to get in behind, push high pressure the midfield. Um, but we counted it so well. And, and, and the second goal was that coming to fruition. We got in behind a few times, but that second goal, perfectly timed run from uh, Joel Perot. And um, look... We've spoken about it before on this podcast. His shot comes off the post. I think that might be four this season that Cullen has scored directly off the woodwork from a Perot shot. It's just the man has an instinct that you cannot teach. He gets goals because he knows where to put himself. And um, it's all well and good. He'd be the best striker in the world. But if he's not in the six-yard box in that moment of time, he's not scoring. So congratulations to him. Love, love, love a local boy scoring in a local derby, as we've spoken about Joe Allen for so many years now. Um, Liam Cullen adds his name to that list. Yeah, well, obviously the the celebration was brilliant as well, because you can see what it meant to him, just kissing the badge to their fans. It's uh, It's got to be done, isn't it? But um, yeah, look, as you say, um, it's a good ball. They've, they've played this high line because, let's be honest about it, we don't have a lot of pace, so I can understand why they think that's a, a good tactic to use. Um, but if Perot is on form and obviously gets himself in, you're going to be in trouble. So, yeah, obviously he didn't score. But as you say, I mean, it's um, Cullen just does have this great instinct, doesn't he? I mean, I think we said before, we, we don't necessarily think he's he's a top player, but he, he does have this great instinct and, you know, he, he should be in the team. There's no two ways about it for me. Um, and as you, you were talking about earlier, I think we are we're better when we do play with this like diamond in midfield and two up top. So there's no reason at all why Cullen shouldn't play. His goals to minutes must be very high. So, um, yeah, look, a, a great moment. We're in dreamland. And I just remember looking around the ground and thinking to myself, they're streaming out already. Uh, I've actually got a Cardiff fan who's, um, I used to work with and he started doing a bit of steward in there. So I did message him yesterday and just say, look, uh, I know that must have been awful. I said, what was it? So I, I did ask what it was like. I didn't gloat or anything. And he said that one guy did actually leave at 2-0. And um, like when he heard the roar that they got him back, he wanted to come back in and they wouldn't let him back in because there was no re-entry. And he actually tried to argue that um, he was just going for a fag break, but um, he didn't get back in. But um, he probably dodged the bullet with hindsight. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, that's a nice little um, anecdote too. But um, yeah, I mean, look, at 2-0, we're in dreamland. We're, we're all thinking it again, aren't we? This is the thing then, don't you? You don't want to say it, but you're thinking it, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh, but look, I, I think we're all, and more to the point, not so much we're thinking it, they are thinking it. They're, they're definitely thinking it. Like, I can't believe this has happened again. They've turned up with so many. Uh, obviously, they've sold so many tickets. Looking forward to it, thinking, 
right, at some point it's going to turn. And they're like, we're two down in half hour again to this lot. And <laughs> yeah, so even like you say, we're, we're, we're probably all thinking it. You're not saying it. I most certainly did not say it. They're thinking it even more than us. I could hear the chants around the stadium after the second goal. <laughs> it's happened again. It's happened again. And I just, uh, the only thing, and Andy, uh, we have to talk about it because it was part of the game. And I really want to, I mean, you can hear it in my voice, how happy I am following that result. But straight after scoring, um, the worst possible reaction from us, and indeed from then, um what you don't do after scoring is concede straight away and it was an absolute horror show all round, but in particularly the man between the sticks. Yeah, talking of what has happened again, I mean how how many times ago uh, how many how many times has a shot gone through Fisher this season? Um oh. but I mean it it, it it did start a little bit before him though, because uh, you know it was it was just a regulation a lob up front, you know. And um yeah, uh, Wood didn't exactly cover himself in glory either, missing the head or not getting the tackle in either on the second ball. But um, yeah, you know, there's a shot a regulation shot from the edge of the box straight to the straight of the keeper. And um I think his head's gone, isn't it? It's his head's just gone. It just mm. went at him, went straight through him. I mean, how many times has that happened this season? I mean, God, too many to count now. It's just it, I think it, it's, it's, it seems to be most goals, you know, that seem yeah. like not many goals. A, we haven't directly contributed through from our own defensive mishaps anyway. But yeah. recently, they also seem to be ones, anything that is on target now seems to find the back of the net and don't yeah. even have to be close to the corner, which is a real worry for us. It it is. I mean, you mentioned Millwall. Um, yeah, no, yeah, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> mentioned earlier, Steve. Uh, it's. Uh, well, then in there, I know it wasn't the shot. Oh god, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's too many of them now. It's. I, I feel sorry for him. I really do, because you, you can see he's he shouldn't be in the position he's in where he's having to play because there's no bugger else. But um, it's it's he needs taken out of the firing line for his own good as much as anything, you know, because it's just. You, you can see, you can see, he, he, he's, he's fronting up. Fair play to him, but it's just not there. He's committed. Well, he's, yeah. he's 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 staying to his contractual obligations at this point, I suppose. <laughs> but he's not refusing to. It's more than we can say for the likes of Patterson, the likes of the past, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, right. he's playing when he's been asked to. But yes, barely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this goes back to January. We, we should yeah. have signed a keeper. When Bender was injured, we had to sign a keeper. You can't go into the second half of the season with just one professional goalkeeper. It's it's just reckless. And you know, if we if we'd actually signed somebody, you know, um, they could have, they could have taken his place, taken him out. It would have been you know nobody would have battered an eyelid. But you know, we signed that kid from Wolves who's never played a professional game in his life. You know, he's he's no more ready for it than Lewis Webb is. You know, so. You know, there's been no option in my eyes the Fisher had to play, but it's it's mm. killing him. It's killing it's, us all. But yeah. These it, contracts on the guard is up in the summer. It seems yeah. completely bonkers now if he's not going. To, I mean, look, yeah. you bring him in. Um, why are you bringing him in? He's either going to challenge Fisher, and when you challenge someone, you're waiting for a mistake. Well, I don't know how many <laughs> we're talking about here. We're in double figures now. If he's not getting a game now, he's never getting a game. Or an injury, in which case we could have just gone out and picked up a free agent who, in all accounts, might have well just been better than Fisher anyway, or at least not be yeah. so low on his confidence. So it does seem like that was a very odd signing if he's not going to play or even get a chance. Um, but it was all down to January, Andy. And uh, I think... 
Fisher will not admit it publicly. And I think Martin certainly can't admit it because he has to back his man. He's got no option now. Um, but I think everyone wants another goalkeeper, even Fisher at this point, probably wants <laughs> another goalkeeper just to take the limelight off him. Um, he wasn't getting back in that team if Bender didn't get injured. That was clear to everyone. Um, and you spoke off air uh, before we started recording. You both did about uh, Bender. He wasn't, you know, immune from a mistake himself. But for every mistake he made, he was keeping us in games two or three times. And you know, you'd see the benefits of having him. You, it's not perfect. Of course, he's not perfect. He's playing for us, but he had plenty of positives. And at this point, I just feel sorry. I do. I feel sorry. I think he needs to come out of the firing line. It was horrible, Steve. From the from the utter jubilation of going two 0 up so quickly to be sucker punched like that, I mean, it must have really knocked the stuffing out of the fans in the in the way end there. Well, I, I was fuming because before the game, I felt to myself that the key to what would happen would be would their useless attack, you know, um, would they be able to score against our error prone goalkeeper and who's going to get the better of it? And obviously. If we didn't win, I think it's fairly obvious who would have been culpable. So, yeah, and it, look, it did. I think obviously we're on cloud nine, aren't we? At two 0 thinking we're winning uh, comfortably, we're, we're probably going to do them again. And then it's arguably we're in a worse position than when we won the lap at that point because mm. they've scored and they've got that momentum and their crowd was up a little bit. Then you could actually hear them at that at that point. Complete silence before, regardless of what a certain Abin Donato was going to say for himself, they were crap again. Evening, um, Paul. I know he's listening. Go on. Definitely isn't, <laughs> but uh, in case anyone shows him, Paul, you did not score two great goals, as you said on Twitter. One was literally a howler from the goalkeeper, and your fans did not deserve more because they were crap. You only heard them realistically after the two goals. Again, just useless, as they are in every other game. Just as bad as the team. But, um, yeah. Sorry for that rant. Um, yeah, basically. You're right, though. The, yeah. The momentum, yeah, was with them a little bit then. And I just felt that we needed half time at that point because, like I said, their, their tails were up. And as we know, the old cliche of goals change games. Phil Gene was giving us a, a bit of a, you know, he, he was causing problems. So, yeah, we luckily we managed to, to see that out, didn't we? But, um, I mean, we did have that that good chance. I mean, that, that probably hasn't been mentioned a lot since because, you know, depending on sometimes getting But Darling could have had a shot from the halfway mm-hmm. line. I don't know what it looked like, but the rest of you, but it's gone to him. The goalkeeper's nowhere near and we're all screaming at him. Just bloody shoot. If it goes mm. to a goal kick, who cares? I it's said that. Kick. It's the dream. I said that to my dad at the time when he, when he was, because he was out wide, wasn't he, when he lost it? And I said, well, yeah. it, that was the keeper. That, the keeper just lost the ball there. He's not in goal. It's like, oh, Christ, he could have had a goal, mind. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I don't think I, we had I, a shot there in there that passage play, did we? Honestly, there was nothing to lose. Just to it. Maybe he didn't know the keeper on there I don't know I'm being a bit generous but just pull the trigger who cares yeah yeah there was obviously chances oh, Darling had the shot that rasped wide from 20 yards that just bent away from goal at the last second that was an arrowing in other ways um, Cullen just couldn't sort his feet out before also came out and challenged him so that first half hour 40 minutes the only thing Cardiff did was that shot and either ended up inexplicably in the back of our neck. But apart from that, we could have got a couple more. We we dominated the ball. It just felt like up until the point of their goal, it was all swans. Oh, w- w- the game was won. 
um, you know, we we two up. We could we could have had more. You know, was, to, uh, we had so many good opportunities. You know, not not necessarily all the shots, but as you say, you know, we we just a couple of things just didn't quite click. But if they had, you know, we were in. Or you know, we, well, we could have had more shots. So you know, the, the game was over; it was done. As you say, as you say Steve, the, the crowd, the crowd is flat, and it was only going to get worse from that point because you know, you know, the, they they knew they were on the on the back of, an, of another, another defeat in a row. They they were going to get against the team. All we had to do was just see out that half. Maybe you can get another one with a bit of luck. But the one thing you can't do is concede because all that's going to happen there is going to get them behind them. It's going to give the players a bit of confidence. Players who, frankly, need confidence because I think they're still the lowest scorers in the division, aren't they? So they they, they are not a good team. They, they do not have much of a threat. So, you know, the, all, the last thing we we, we, sh- we need to do there is concede a goal. Just just keep it tight for five. Don't do anything stupid. And um, like I said, they hadn't really had a shot at that point, had they? So no real threat at all. Mind you, not very much threat after either, to be honest. But um, it's yeah, no, we 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 handed them a lifeline, but we we've done that so many times this season, haven't we? Sadly, but it's our Achilles heel. It is, and I think the thing is, well, now today they 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 the worst goal scorers in the division, lowest goal scorers by four, and that's after scoring <laughs> two against us on the weekend. So I mean, it just shows how poor their attack is, and really, Steve, it had to be a gift from us for him to have a hope of coming back into the game. But the timing of it, um, what was the what was the atmosphere like in the way end uh, half time? Because I can imagine after that point, I guess things got a little bit more nervy. Obviously, you said the Cardiff fans started uh, chanting a bit and getting behind their team, and then you had a little bit of nerves maybe come on the pitch and a little bit less control from us up until half time then and then I was thinking maybe we can get to half time now and just obviously not thinking of course that we very rarely come out all guns blazing after half time but at that point I thought let's just get in and um, and see but what was it like from the stands? Um, I think there was probably a little bit of a lull in the atmosphere but to be fair until that point that'd be amazing so mm. it's it, it can be hard sometimes to have non-stop chanting for the entire game, can't it? So there, there probably was a little bit of a lull, but it was still it was still quite noisy to a point. So look, I mean, I think it, the game can ebb and flow a bit sometimes, can't it? And then depending on what's going on. So you know, there, there was a degree of probably nervousness, as you know, the, as these games often have at times. And we we've been lucky that we probably haven't been as nervous as as you would be normally recently because our, our record against them has been so good. But um, yeah, I think we I think people definitely just wanted half time to come, didn't they? And you could sense at half time really from the people that I talked to actually Kito was sitting in front of me or should I say standing in front of me by coincidence and because he, he was you know he was as nervous as probably most of us were to a point but um you know look it's it's one of those things and like we we did let them back in needlessly it's the Swans don't often do things the easy way do they but um you know I think a lot of us were you know still, certainly still felt that the we we had a great chance of winning, but you you always knew that if the longer the game would go at two one, that you know the, it would get a bit nervy. And I, yeah. I did say to they say at halftime, uh, for us to win, we may well need a third. Uh, certainly for me to feel confident that we would win, we were going to need a third. So um, yeah, we'll we'll come on to that. I'm sure. Well, let's talk about it then, because from my point of view, I agree. You think two one at halftime, you're thinking the home side are up. Um, there's still half the match to go, Andy, and obviously you may not share this opinion here. I was really hoping he'd stick with the 11 who were on the pitch because I thought 
we need to come out and show our intent, show our teeth again, that we're not going to let this game, the momentum shift and then be able to push us back. Um, so I was a little disappointed to see Fulton come on for Kundal at the at the start of the second half. And I thought, and of the four subs that we made, I thought three of them were a little bit negative and kind of invited it on. Um, but what were your thoughts on that? I mean, that was just me. When I saw Fulton come on for Kundal, I thought, oh, is that a signal of our intention here? Yeah, it's yeah. I think I think that that's that's been a bit of a question, hasn't it? It's certainly after Saturday, but maybe in a few other games as well. The the the, the Fulton for Kundal one didn't, didn't bother me so much. I think they they were bringing on Sawyer's, were they at halftime? And so you so I think that was a bit of a react bit of a reaction that was. Um, I think the one the one I didn't get was Liam Cullen. I think Liam Cullen. I think is probably the one attacking player we have with a bit of pace, and he was he was giving them a bit of a chasing in the second mm. half. And when I think it's it shown a bit of pace on the flank, which gave that crossover to Joe Pro. You know, when he you know could have, could have easily scored a third there. I think taking him off. And did we bring on Atibodia for him? I think. Uh, I think. I think we did, yeah. did go. We did go to a five, didn't we? I think that that was the one for me. I think. Oh, I I did, I wasn't happy with that one. So I think that 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 was possibly Liam Cullen's best game for us in many ways in terms of overall play. I thought I thought he was brilliant. Um, but I think t- t- taking him off, bringing on an extra defender, changing shape. For me, that that was the one I was like, oh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not keen on this because the one thing we're never going to be able to do is shut up shop for 30 minutes, which it's just not in our DNA, as no, you say. And no. I, I'd, ra- I'd rather us chase a third than defend, defend conceding a second because all it takes with us is you know one ball into the box or being out of shape and we we can see the goal. And I, 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 I it's it's not what I'd like us to do, to be honest with you. So, so my, yeah, my logic so, there, Andy, was. If we were to carry on with that same attacking team and then Cardiff got a second, um, we've got the players on the pitch to to wrestle it back. But if we bring those players off and put a defensive player on, and even though we've shown we can't defend, (laughs) really, (laughs) um, then what we saw happen later on in the game, which was my worst nightmare, is... Uh, we've done it a couple of times before as well, where we've taken off attacking players, then conceded, and then you're looking on the pitch going... Well, shit, <laughs> shit. How are we going to yeah. go and wrestle the momentum and the lead back again? And and Steve, I think, well, the second half then felt like we were making these little bit negative, little bit like pulling it back and taking, well, let's go through the substitutions. Obviously, Fulton comes on for Kundal. Um Cooper and Cham wasn't a negative one, but um, and Cham had just picked up a yellow card, I believe, and um, maybe because he was showing a little bit legginess out there after, obviously, he was travelling. Um Probably that was a good decision. But then we had, um, as Andy mentioned there, we had the uh, Allen for Walsh, Cullen for Latibodier, double substitution on 65th minute. And um, that then really set set us up with, um, well, three in defensive mid, as opposed to the one we started the game with. We were really lacking in the final third then. Did you, what was that like in the stands? How was that received? Um, I, I couldn't really tell you about too many other people's reactions. I mean, I wouldn't say there was mass anger at it, but I wasn't mm-hmm. happy at all with the subs. I still think they were, they, if we hadn't won, I would have been questioning them. And if we're being a little bit honest here, the Darling injury, meaning that Patterson had to come on. It was lucky, wasn't it? That sort of worked out okay, because I was when I saw them, obviously we went to that back five, you know, the three defensive midfielders, my first thought was, if we concede, we've only got Cooper and Perot really on you that are potentially yeah. going to score us a goal. And I mean, you look at the the one big chance of the second half, then we're talking, aren't we, about the one where Perot has, has mm-hmm. got in from 
think it was from the Cooper cross, wasn't it? And obviously he's managed to get it past the goalkeeper, but the touch was too heavy, so it's gone for a goal kick. I mean, we didn't have a huge amount of chances, certainly until Cardiff had equalised at that point. So I think we got that wrong. Like I, I, The wing-back thing, there's too much of an obsession over it. I think you've really got to have the players to play it. And to be fair, I don't think Darlin playing there necessarily is... Like like a, a bad thing. I mean, Lata Baudier, I, I I don't want to go into it anymore. I've, I've, I'm done. But there was no <laughs> need to change the shape. I don't think. And I mean, I sort of understand that Cullen wasn't going to play a full game. I mean, he, he rarely does. But like, he shouldn't be coming off a Lata Baudier. It just sends a, a, the wrong signals, doesn't it? And like like Andy has said, I mean, we're not defending a lead for 30 minutes. It's not us. We've got to go for the juggler. I've got to go and get another goal. So yeah, that was a mistake. And yeah, that, that could have cost us. But the fact that then Patterson had to come on because it was either him or Whittaker, I think, that were on the bench when Darlin was going injured sort of made us change it. And it didn't do us any harm, I don't think, because I think without that, um, you know, I don't think uh, Martin would have made another a change bringing on Patterson or Whittaker for an attacking player, should we say, at that point. So, yeah, we, we probably lucked in then in terms of after they've equalised, we we did have an extra attacking player on to maybe try and get a winner. Yeah, um, look, a little bit of backstory, and yeah, I had a ticket for the Cardiff game and I inexplicably had to um, sell it to one of my... Oh, didn't, no, sorry. It was my ticket. I was there. Sorry, Swansea City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not hand that ticket on to anyone else. Nope, uh, no, but I couldn't go because of a family event. Um, which I was devastated I had to uh, to pull out of. But after that period, and we looked like we were just handing a little bit of control um, to um, to to Cardiff, and I thought, oh, God, we, we really are looking like now we are trying to patch ourselves back up a little bit um, for that 20-minute period in the middle of the second half. And I thought, actually not too disappointed at this point that I'm not there because my nerves were all over the shop just watching it from whatever European country I was definitely watching it from. Um, God, I'm doing myself a whole, just whatever this part, right? Okay. (laughs) Um, But um, I did think at that point, I'm really nervous of how this game's turning out and we'll come to the equalise in a little bit, but it did feel like we just lost a little bit of control in that period of time. Yeah, it didn't. Um, my my nerves expressed themselves. But I went I went to the fridge and got a beer. So one of the benefits of watching from home was that I could do that. Uh, You're holding a European country as well, of course. Oh yes, I'm. Very, <laughs> I, I, I love yeah, it. The, you must have these great uh, holding homes and must invite me sometime. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you're welcome in the Hague anytime, mate. Uh, but, uh, it's oh yeah, yeah that it's. I mean, the thing is, I, I can't remember them having a chance. Um, apart from the two goals they scored. So it, it, it was one of those where you were kind of just waiting for something to happen. We weren't creating much. They weren't creating much. It was kind of just drifting along. But mm. it's, it's just an existential dread, isn't it? You know something's coming. Um, and know, it's the nerves that you, they don't necessarily need to create a decent chance. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. They just have to get the ball in the box. Uh, and yeah. we've we've shown... That's been a bit a bit of a weakness for us, you know. We know Fisher's a bit of a line keeper, which you know that's not that's not a sight on him at all. You know, uh, some some of our best keepers are good. Tremel, he wouldn't come off his line for love no money, but um, you know that that's that that that's just his style. That's fine, but um, we defensively we 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 do lack a bit in that in that regard sometimes, and um, uh, sometimes we we you know they lose one on one battles or a bit of movement gets us. So we. 
I think we, we do struggle as a team, not just individually, defensively. And yeah, it's it's never it's never what I want us to do. So yeah, I mean, I was I was nervous up until that. Although, as, as I say, there, there wasn't really the chance that, or we weren't getting battered at all. You know, there, no. there wasn't really that much of a threat. But you just know they're going to get a chance. Even the worst teams, and they are probably one of the worst teams in the division. So they'll they'll be a chance. You know, they they were chucking bodies forward. They were bringing on. I think they brought on Ruben Caldwell. I know he hasn't played much for them for some reason. Probably because he's he's a decent footballer. But um, it's <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. But um, it's you know they brought him on. You know you you always thought they'd create something. Something was going to happen. So and you you want us to take it out of their hands, don't you? You know yeah. by by just giving us leaving leaving something on the pitch. You know leaving a few options there. You know um, and you know because we, we did we I think we we only had one substitution option left, didn't we? Uh, at the end when when Darling went off, so we we used two options quite early. Mm. So. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it was, it was nervy, and we probably contributed a little bit to it. I think there's probably some lessons learned in terms of our substitutions all season, uh, to be honest. But um, yeah, no, it was, um, we, we were contributing a little bit to it. But I, I mean, yeah, I was, I was. But they were, they were really us. poor, Cardiff, weren't they? I mean, yeah, they, were. they didn't really yeah. put us under much, did they? We, even though we were like kind of inviting it, they were shocking. I thought, I thought they, they, they didn't really grasp it by the horns at all. No, absolutely, and but that's what they are. They're not a very good team. They don't score many goals, and we were, yeah, we were comfortable without doing anything. And but you just knew something was coming. But um, no, it's you do you do wish we'd given it a bit more of a go before before they scored because you know we showed after they did. Mm-hmm. We, we we still created a few chances there, so we we still had enough in us. But um, maybe there's a lack of confidence there. You know, we haven't won many games recently, have we? So I know we won against Bristol, which was really well timed. But, you know, maybe a lot of it is some of it is confidence as well. You know, the players naturally going a bit into their shell as as well as the decisions kind of forcing them into their shell as well. I, I, I don't know. But um, yeah. mind you, mind you, if we just if we just the game had finished two one, we would have said, oh well, good good game management for the manager, good game management for the players, you know, nothing to see here. But then that's not what happened, is it? But <laughs> so, I mean, under yeah. the previous manager, of course, the Cooper would have seen that game out um, because that was his style. It was very much, you know, we weren't going to concede, and um, we we'd have the players to, to to run the channels and just frustrate and um, shit house our way through. Um, but that's not. Certainly something we haven't managed to do under Russell Martin, is it? But we have to go and be more proactive, maybe, um, going forward. But that said, and I will talk now briefly about the equaliser, Steve, because we have to talk about it. Um, But I don't want to dwell because I feel like the last 15 minutes of this, I've been bringing the mood down a little bit on negativity. And I want to bring it back up because they got the equaliser. Again, I think that... Bender makes a better stab of it than Fisher. I think there was another mistake along the back line, but he doesn't make himself big. He doesn't make, you know, in that instance, right, he's going to, if you're not going to challenge the header six yards out, then you make yourself as big as possible, arms out, body in the air, make sure he doesn't hit you because you can make yourself a fairly big target in the goal. He kind of made himself smaller, Fisher, and he didn't, again, the header was straight towards him and it just, it went past him in the back. And it was just one of those where I thought could have got more to it. Um, And I imagine at that point for you guys, you were thinking, fuck, we've just taken off our attacking players here and they've got an equaliser. There's seven minutes on the clock. Fuck, fuck, fuck. 
Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> look, I, you know my thoughts on Fisher. And like when the ball has gone behind and then obviously the cross has come in, he just looked uncertain. Like he's he was he moved one way, then the other. And you just know there's no confidence there. And I was thinking as it came in, please tell me someone's going to win that header because if they do, we're in huge trouble. And obviously then, like you say, I mean, like I don't think he can be necessarily blamed for that goal, but I do think another goalkeeper may have saved it. I think mm. that's the, the problem, whereas obviously you look at the first... Or at least giving himself more of a chance, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I, look, I'm on the same page as you. I, I, I think that. And yeah, look, they've equalised. It feels like a loss, doesn't it, at that point? Because we've led for more or less the entire game. There was a point where we were 2-0 up and they were on the ropes. And you just feel like, oh, we, you know, we've chucked this away. And they, you know, they were delighted, weren't they? Because they're obviously, you know, sick of losing to us. And they feel like after being two down, they've got out of jail. And you just think, well, again, we've really contributed to our own downfall here. Because as you've said, they did not create much at all. But it's the running theme of teams don't have to create much against us to score. And we really, really have to sort that out because it is just ridiculous. It's it's holding us back so much. But um, yeah, at that point, you are quite worried we're going to lose aren't you and you're thinking if we lose this I mean it'll be one of the worst derby losses we've ever had probably um, having been in such a commanding position but to be fair I mean it probably says a bit for Cardiff as well I mean I can't remember them having the chance after that which is amazing because you'd think all the momentum is surely with them at that point and they're you know if there's going to be a win that should be them but mm. fair to us we responded so well I mean Grimes had that shot didn't he and that really could have gone in and we did then sort of change it we were going for them a little bit more trying to get a win and you're thinking this really isn't the you know we should have been doing this in the first place I'm not saying we should have been going hell for leather at them but we should have been thinking if we can get in and, and get another goal then you know that's the best way to, to try and win the game but um, you know I suppose in spite of all this we probably wouldn't change anything would we give them what uh, <laughs> eventually happened it's just that uh, you know um, really we, we should have made it easier for ourselves that reaction to, to, to them clawing an equaliser back and obviously the home crowd getting lifted and thinking and cheering shirts off like they'd win and they'd won the game, um, uh, Andy. It was just, it was it did feel like a real uh, gut punch, didn't it? But the Swans' reaction, as Steve just outlined there, was, I didn't expect it. I didn't say just now about having the attacking players come off. And us already showing that we were prepared to retreat a little bit and give up a little bit of the possession and control. I thought, well, Christ, well, how are we going to wrestle this back now? And But we did. And we, we, we suddenly imposed ourselves on the game again. Of course, at the time, I'd have rather us do that at 2-1 and then go and get a third rather than wait it to go to 2 all. But the reaction I was really impressed with. And you can tell, I think that to me says about how much that our players know that it means more and it matters more. And it wasn't a case of settling for a draw. It was a case of leaving it all out there. And that they did. And they really gave it a go for the last, well, what turned out to be 15 minutes or so. There was only seven on the clock, but we know what happens after that. But really the control that we wrestled back at that point, I thought, wow, I didn't expect to see it. You are. I wish you hadn't reminded me about those shirts off a lot, to be honest with you, because um, that, that's, that's... Scarred on my mind. Yeah, absolutely. God, there's some lookers in their crowd, aren't there? Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... Yeah, because that, that crime shot happened within about 90 seconds, didn't it, or, of their goal. And you do wonder whether that just sort of killed their momentum stone dead and maybe killed their crowd as well, because, you know, a, any sort of positive feelings they thought were, were just pro- maybe put an edge 
um, at, at that moment. I don't know. But uh, no, you're right. I think there was only one team likely to score after they equalised, and it wasn't them. And that, you know, after coming back from two down, that's that's unusual, isn't it? But um, maybe, you know, I think maybe we did have a bit more attack in players than we thought we did, or a bit more quality than we thought we had on the pitch. Maybe they, they just aren't very good. I think maybe it's, maybe it's a bit of both. But um, no, I think there's only one team looking to win. Um, and and that, and that was us. And yeah, I mean, we we, we had that ch- chance from Grimes. We, we had a few options around the box. And um, yeah, no, I think it's... There was still hope. I mean, I don't think it would go as late as it did, but um, no, it was um, no, it, it 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 was yeah, no, it was it was it was only one team trying to win that, and that was definitely us. And um, it's a shame that Grimes shot didn't go in because that that would have been an absolute booty, and that would have been a a very fitting way to win um, a, a derby as well. But um, and I think you know I think I thought Grimes played well, especially in our first half. Uh, but yeah, no, it's. Um, no, it's a testament to the players and um, and everyone really that you know we 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 came back from that. It's a shame we didn't show a bit more of that earlier, but I think some of it's psychological, uh, psychological, isn't it? Um, and you know I think they were trying to defend the lead, they couldn't. But um, they 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 fair play, they came out tried to chase the chase the winner, and um, yeah, I guess that's what happened, wasn't it? <laughs> so yeah. Well, that grind shot was the uh, second time that we'd uh, hit the post in the game or crossbar or the woodwork, should I say, without um, the ball going in directly from it. Surely, Steve, surely it wouldn't happen a third time. Um, just, to, just to build you up before I pass it over to you. Uh, what was it? Five minutes put up and then we lose the ball in their penalty area and Perot tugs back his man and... Gets a yellow card, but he spends about 25 minutes down with cramp. And you're just thinking, they're playing this out now. They've, they've seen we've got the control back. We've got the momentum. We want to win this game. And they're just trying to see the game out to all draw. They're happy they've stopped the doob-doob. And they've wrestled back from 2-0 down. I can understand from their point of view why at that point they think, right, OK, we'll take a draw. We'll get out of here with our tail between our legs. Um, so... The game obviously went past 95. Um, but what was the follow? And I'll say no more. But what was the follow is something that I'll never forget. And you definitely will never forget. Yeah. Um, I think I remember, obviously, we got the free kick. And I, I do remember saying that um, it's quite funny. I was when in Croatia the other week. We got that throw. And I did say to the boys, because I, I, I'm sure if you were watching it, the Wales away chanter, I know that you, uh, you're you not a big fan not of that. Not a fan of that. That was going for a good 20 minutes, which was nuts, really. But I did actually say at that point, imagine we score you, and obviously the long throw goes in, the flick on, and Broadhead does score, and it is wild. Probably mm. the wildest celebration I've seen in a long time, until what just happened uh, on Saturday. But um, yeah, so I've, I've said it again. I was like, but imagine we score you. And I didn't say it at that point. I said, I said it last week, so I've got to say it again. Then I, I think I did also say, it, it but it won't be direct from the free kick. It'll have to be a rebound or something. I don't know where... Bloody hell, Steve. I hope we did a lottery on Saturday night. I don't know where the crystal ball has come from somewhere. But um, yeah, obviously, the hit, it, it was so close, obviously, wasn't it? And you're thinking, it's going to be very hard to dip one year over the wall. Um, yeah, Pat has been, obviously... Fulton, it was a hitter, sorry, wasn't it? He's, yeah, he's yeah. The wall. He's hit it again. He's smashed to the post, and it's all the blue from there. Really. I mean, I, until I've seen it back, I didn't realize there was like another touch from somebody. And I, I saw flat of yeah, yeah, yeah. I genuinely had no idea who the ball. Was. The next thing you know, it's gone into the back of the net, and I've never seen scenes like it in my entire life. 
It's absolute carnage. The only reason that there's not unbelievable injuries and mass injuries is because Cardiff have now put rail seats in. Without that, literally, there are people going arse over tit, God knows where, uh, off the scale. And I just remember, I think everyone's pretty much hugging each other. We're on the floor. And I remember looking up and like thinking, the entire bench are in front of us. They've all ran over from uh, <laughs> the dugout. They've all absolutely lost the plot along with us. And, um, and obviously, it wasn't until I saw the highlights back that obviously Fisher is involved in the pylon. And yeah, well, uh, unbelievable. Um, no, no feeling like it. And I can imagine the those of you that um, you know watched it from the uh, from abroad. Um, yeah, <laughs> there were probably a few pylons there. There were probably a few neighbours thinking, "Christ, is everything all right next door? What the hell's going on?" And all this type of thing. Um, yeah, uh, joyous, but. Well, like I said, for me in the ground, it was, it's got to be the, the best experience I've ever had in football. That along with probably the moments until we left the ground and probably for everybody else who was was watching as well. Like the, the emotion of, you know, the last minute winners, they, they are just incredible. We've, every time time to time, I remember we had that one in Leeds three or four years ago. I mean, that, that was incredible. Um you know, a few of the glory ones in the Prem, like when we went to the Emirates and Michu scored two at the end, but that was just another level. I mean, the 4-0 last year was amazing, but, you know, a, a last minute at Cardiff after we think we've blown it and they think they're relieved as they can be that they're going to avoid the doob-doob and obviously their position in the table as well. For that to happen, it's just, well, absolutely staggering. Um moment like it. I mean, the, the video, every time the video comes onto Twitter of that winning goal, like, I can't scroll past it without watching it. Go on to any of the comments, people from other clubs saying that yeah, it's like the greatest thing ever. It was. Like, you, you can't look at it as there's any other way. Um, there's, there's fans all over the country, Premier League fans down to League 2 and below, all watched and commented on that, Steve, as you know, and said... They've all they've labelled it limbs of the year already. It's been decided. They've not seen anything like that in many years. And I, I only suggest that at that point, no matter how raucous it was in my holiday home in Holland, I was there with them. Um at that point at that point I thought, Holy fuck, why am I not there? And I just thought, Oh my god, that looks unbelievable, Steve. Well, yeah, like you say, um, unfortunately, um, you weren't there and um, you're going to have to uh, take that one to the grave, aren't you? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really dress it up any other way. I, mean, I, I can't say anything to make it any better because, uh, you know, for, for those that were there, no, no one will ever forget that. It was, well, it's, it's just it's the stuff dreams are made of at the last minute winner. I, the, honestly, the only thing I think that could be better is the Aguero moment. Like as a one-off thing, I'll, like I said, if you, like winning in Valencia, stuff like that, they're, they're, they're all amazing things. But the, I think the actual high of that moment doesn't really, nothing can come close to it. You know, we've had, there's the Prattley against Forest when they're James Lawrence against other. Look, they're all amazing moments. We've been swapped. We've had probably more than, more of them than most other clubs, I would say. But I don't know, the, the sheer emotion of that one was, well, I've, I can't remember ever experiencing anything like it. And, I dread to think that I think my voice went to a pitch that I didn't know was possible. Uh, when, when did, should we say? Oh my God! 
the, the thing, Andy, the thing is, it's so relatable, isn't it? Because whether you're watching that as a Newcastle fan and just picturing yourself and your club doing it against Sunderland, you know, it's relatable to fans all over the country just imagining scoring a 99th minute winner against your arch rivals. It, it, you just can relate and see the reaction thinking, yeah, I can understand why they're like that. I, I was just so jealous, frankly. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I wish it was there. But uh, no, I, I mean, scoring a 99th minute uh, winner at any time against anyone is special, isn't it? You know, but to do it against your de- nearest and dearest at their own ground in front of their own fans in a game that's probably put them near a relegation <laughs> as well, yeah. uh, fingers crossed, um, then, uh, and do the doob doob as well, uh, it's just, yeah, it, 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 it takes some beating, absolutely. Now, um, I, I, as I'm of a certain age, I think, and um, Steve, Steve was mentioning he was at this one as well, uh, when, when Macbound did it in 94, oh, no, in the 94th minute, rather, uh, in the late 90s, you know, that was pretty special as well. Uh, but yeah. this, this, I th- yeah, this, this one probably does top that one, doesn't it? But um, it's, yeah, no, special, special. And um, I think I, I was carrying the, the the injuries after that boned one <laughs> for for a while. But um, no, I've, but no, that that no. we've 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 had some special moments um, in these sorts of games as well. But I think that this probably is the top one, isn't it? It's just yeah. But yeah, no, I'm just jealous and that I was there. I wasn't there, but uh, fair play, Steve. I'm glad you enjoyed and you brought some colour to it in terms of actually being there. So yeah. To be honest with you, as well, you know. Steve Sky can stay away because <laughs> they've decided not to show the last two at the Cardiff City Stadium. And I'll be honest with you, best two I can remember in, in, in recent history, you know, um, to go up there and do the dupe and uh, then go up there and. Uh, yeah, don't forget as well, because they haven't shown it, it's meant that we haven't had to get down the stadium at stupid o'clock, which is, you know, is probably the main thing of it because there's nothing worse than mm-hmm. being down there about half a seven. Yeah. But it's a bit odd, though, isn't it, that, that Bristol City down here was moved on police advice, but the Cardiff one wasn't. It's just yeah, I, I, I find that unbelievably baffling. Um, yeah. It's no sense. It's really odd, but I mean, I, I, I don't, I didn't particularly like it last year, nor this year. The fact that for our home game against them. Obviously, we had to get to the stadium earlier, meant less pre-match drinking time and stuff like that, whereas their fans could sit in pubs all morning, get drunk, get excited for the game and stuff, and then walk to the stadium and help us too. They didn't like that our fans weren't given the same luxury and the reverse fixture, and we, you had to be, you know, kettled into the into the stadium over a two-hour bus journey, you know, and it thought, it's not fair that they are allowed to, but, I mean, if it results in the wins that we're getting, Steve, <laughs> just don't know what to say. I mean, the club, the players, the fans, this city knows what that game means, and they just never get it anymore, do they? Doesn't seem like it. I mean, I think what sort of sums it up, though, is like, uh, the media team, especially. I mean, they they always just seem to hit the right note, don't they? I mean, I'm, like I said, I was genuinely concerned this time. I, I wasn't feeling hugely confident. Then about seven o'clock on Friday, good old Dave coaches is is yeah. enough about the the great experience. And you've got Ollie Cooper talking about his goal. You've got Dyer and Prattley giving their memories. The next week. But get me up there now. Let's let's go for it. Let's have them again. You know, and, and I watched the Cardiff one. It was crap. It was terrible. And I'm not just saying that because it's said, but it was. It was just, it 
didn't show any highlights of previous Derby games. Now, I know, obviously, they'd have to go quite a long way back because of their abysmal record in the fixture. felt like they didn't get it. And it's like they, they never do seem to get it. And I mean, I haven't watched it yet, but I mean, I've seen people talking about the alternative because that's mm. actually gone up as we recorded. But I've had WhatsApp messages and, you know, that again, it just seems like they, they all get it. And, you know, the scenes at the end where we're all celebrating, I mean, obviously you wouldn't have seen all of that, but I mean, Manning just running down the touchline, gloped in. Edwards <laughs> runs straight over to the away end. I mean, O'Leary was went nuts. Like, he was in the railway after the game, and I went up to him and said, you, you completely lost it, didn't you? And, and he said, oh, I, I'm, I'm never usually like that. I just like, that's what the whole thing did. And then everybody was was just acting up, really. You know, the whole emotion of of winning the game but like that and that's that's what you want to see really that like bond between the players the management and and the fans and it, it really did feel like we had that I mean and we've got to be honest I mean since you know the, the previous the home win against Cardiff in October we haven't really had a lot to shout about it's been quite you know frustrating at times I mean we haven't had many wins obviously the off-field stuff has been incredibly frustrating and draining we've had a lot of midweek games Mm. Where the atmosphere has not been great, and that like the crowds have not been great, and you just feel like this game is the one that can just give everybody a lift. And I mean, what I love is it it just brings all of us together because, like, I was in the pub before the game, and none of that off field stuff seemed to matter. I mean, everyone was there just thinking, like, hey, now we just need to win this game. And I mean, like, you're in the ground, and everyone's just so up for it. The atmosphere is amazing, everyone's joining in with the, the chanting. Um, and only this fixture really gets together like that. So it is really special um, in that sense. But um, obviously, it's the gift that keeps on giving in terms of results as well at the moment. And um, yeah, just look, really special. Um, it's going to have to go a long way to top this one. It was, um, as you say, there's been a little divide in the fan base for much of the season, whether it be Martin in, Martin out, whether it be the owners' lack of activity and whatnot, and takeover talk. Sorry, Andy, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but not just yet. But this, where you get everyone together, where you've got the likes of uh, Trundle as club ambassador, uh, Andy Robinson doing local radio commentary and stuff, or national radio commentary, I should say. Um, Tudor Jones, of course, also doing that. Um, Chris O'Leary and the coaching staff. You know, when you've got the people who have been there, have done it, and the local characters as well. I mean, talk about all the legends that have come and gone at the club and been there and done it. There is just a different feel on days like Saturday where everything else goes out the window. And at one point, oh no, I did actually, the, the, a lot of the players um, came out, no doubt, to enjoy the celebrations on, on Saturday night. And um, I didn't know this at the time until he told me. I was chatting to um, Mike Eames, the kit man, and he told me that he'd given the team talk, which is, I believe, now available online. Um, so definitely, I haven't actually checked it out yet, but uh, I have seen someone post about it, so I'm definitely going to watch it as soon as we finish recording. Um, but that's the difference, isn't it? Isn't that not the difference between clubs like ours and clubs like Cardiff over the past so many years where you just think, they, even though they, they label us have this uh, chip on the shoulder mentality or whatever, it's about knowing what it means to the fans. And Cardiff always feels, it's felt to me since, well, go way back until, if you go back to, I can't even recall, because even Dave Jones played them down as any other game. And that was, his most, that was their best, team for me in the, in the last 15 years or so so to see that play out 
um, or 20 years or so. But to see that play out in the way it has on Saturday with those people at the club, and that's what I think the difference is, Andy. We have those people around and in the club who know what it means. Yeah, think, things are pretty rotten down there, aren't they? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, this is still a very special club in that regard. You know, I think, and fair play to the people on the ground here that are involved in the day-to-day running, especially on the social media side. They they do some absolutely stellar work. But as, as you say, it's, it's about keeping a, a, some a lot of the play, um, ex-players involved as well. You know, making Lee Trundle an ambassador. You know, Leon Britton does a lot of stuff there as well. Andy Robinson's always around. You know, uh, Wyndham Evans, I love him or him. <laughs> but you know, he's um, he's, his, his his passion is infectious. I think he's obviously the best commentator we could have had on Saturday. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, but I think you know a lot of ex former players do stay around. You know, uh, I see Nathan Dyer dropping his kids off. Um, in school, um, not far from where I live, so you know you see him round, round about quite quite often, you know. So a lot a lot of ex players stay around here, and that says a lot a lot about the area, you know. So I mean, I used to live in London, and well, I'm originally from Sydney, but um, I went to London and I came back. So you know, I mean, I I see it as well. I missed this place. I mean, rotten when I wasn't living here. So you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people stick around. You know, is that because you know they they love their time here. And um, and that's because of the the welcome they have, the, the attachment they feel to the area. So that that that's, that is something special. And yeah, you you don't you don't feel that really happens with Cardiff. And certainly there's 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 a bit of an arrogance, isn't there, with their view of this fixture, with their view of where they are as a club. I think they they, they genuinely have drunk the Kool-Aid a little bit and think think they're bigger than they are. Mm. You know, they they I, I I to be honest, in terms of size, in terms of size of the city, in terms of population there's not an awful lot of difference but in terms of the clubs there isn't either and to be honest if you look at the history of the last 34 years we've been the bigger club we've certainly been the more successful club and there's there's no real argument about that really um but they they genuinely think i think in in some cases and they fed by the media hello paul uh that you know they, they are they, they they are bigger than this you know they're bigger than bigger than barcelona that really fed into it didn't it um oh, yeah. they, they 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 think that you know they should be in the in the top flight and not just in the top flight but towards the top of it and they haven't been there for about 70 80 years and they're never going to be there <laughs> it's just that's just not the reality of it i mean bristol is is twice the size cardiff is and they yeah. haven't been in the top flight in in my memory, no. so um, you know I think that there's a certain arrogance there, which it's just it's not based in reality, and and this fixture for a while, you know, the whole jibe the Bristol City with their real rivals, which is obviously nonsense. Um, but uh, they like to st- they like to stick up there, don't they? And you know they say, oh, you know, well we got bigger fish than this. They haven't they've, for some time. We've been something for them to chase, and they've not really managed it. Um, and whereas, uh, you know, we, we're not delusional about that. I think, you know, that this game is still the one that matters more than anything. You know, even this season, you know, I've been quite down and negative about, about things at times, you know. But for this game, that's all just kicked out the window, isn't it? You know, for, for the entire day, for the entire week, really, around it. You know, we just focused on one thing and put one over them. And um, no, I absolutely, absolutely loved that, and uh, I went as mental as anyone in the Netherlands when um, when that when that uh, commando goal went in. So yeah, absolutely brilliant. Oh. Yeah, Cardiff, Cardiff born as well. It's just it's, it's you know <laughs> the fact that he scored um, such a crucial goal in in the game uh, at the at the Cardiff City Stadium last year as well. It just you know I oh. What must be running through his head? Well, you saw his attempted celebrations. In fact, 
Steve, the players, and you wouldn't have seen this sometimes, of course, because you were busy being upside down, but the, the players just did not, well, just did not know what to do. I mean, hardly anyone went to Gabango. <laughs> they just darted towards the corner flag and jumping up and down delirious and running over. It was just, it just looked at the, and then you could see on the, on the, on the feed as well, players with their, with their swans jackets on, clearly subs running across the pitch as well. It was like it was a golden goal, which obviously turns out it felt like it was, but just the, the, the sheer bedlam of the moment. It, um, I just, it was, it was, it's etching. I watched, I watched it. I, I gotta say it might be in four figures now, Steve. It might well be over a thousand times. Every time it pops up, I have to watch it again. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I'm the same as you, but um, oh, that's the thing. But when you're in the moment and you're in the crowd, as everybody, well, as, as 2,000 of us were, then, yeah, I, I think most of us have not a huge amount of recollection about exactly what happened after the ball had hit the net because we've all just gone so mad. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for this fan cam to to come out because yeah. you never know there's, there's a chance it could be on it. So, yeah, I mean, that, that might, um, you know jog at one or two memories but yeah I mean like I said to you I, I've, I've looked up after we've calmed down ever so slightly and I've seen that everyone's in front of me so literally when I have to watch that the replay of the celebration it that basically tells me exactly what happened but like it was just one of those complete loss of control moments for for everybody really wasn't it um, I don't think anybody knows what they're doing but one thing I'm fairly sure of I mean I'd, I'd love to interview some of them in the fanzine at you know at some point in the, in the next few years and you know, there's no doubt everybody that played in that game is going to get asked about it. And yeah. I'm sure that regardless of what anyone goes on to achieve in their careers, surely for nearly all of them, they'll look back on that as like one of the greatest things that they've ever been involved in. Because, you know, you couldn't, like, all Derby wins are, are special, aren't they? But but that was just something else. I mean, the, the feelings and the emotion that it that it brought out in all of us, I mean, was was just something that you you really just don't get very often. So... Yeah, I mean, look, if you, I think it's one of those. If you didn't absolutely love that, then maybe football isn't for you. Um, so, yeah, it was, it really was special. Yeah, and you know what? And I mentioned it at the top of the podcast, Andy. Um, last year was quite something to embarrass them, humiliate them on their own turf, but they'd all left by full time within the celebrations had taken place. And it was a foregone conclusion after, really, after Cabango's second went in, because such was the domination uh, at the start of the second half. You just thought then, this is, this is it, this is done. Um, but um, this. This, I feel like, despite losing 4-0 to your arch-rivals last year at home, this hurt them more. And their fans, I've seen so many tweets of fans just, you know, even today, saying, I'm still not over Saturday. I don't think I'll get over it for a long, long time because of the utter heartbreak of doing what every football fan well, having done to them, rather, what well, every football fan hopes that they get to experience themselves once, at least once. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah. I mean, I, I'm like you. I've been, I've been, I've been doom scrolling on social media, watching all these videos, etc. But I think that the one that's tickled me the most was um, their their commentary of the game. Uh, and uh, the, the card of commentator just go in when I go, go one in. Oh, to hell with this fixture! Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's just we, we are kryptonite, though. We they they just can't beat us. 
and uh, it, might, it must be soul-destroying. And, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, I would imagine losing in the 99th minutes worse than getting smashed 4-0, but uh, both pleasurable in their own ways, obviously, for us. But, um, yeah, it's um, it, it must be a real kick kick in the nads, isn't it? And, um, no, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens with them now. They've only got seven games left. This could really do some damage for them as well because their confidence will be rock bottom now and also their fans will be at them as well so that that's that, that's not a great mix so uh, I think th- do they still have to pay Huddersfield as well I think before the end of the season yeah so, I, I think yeah. one of the last games but they, they've got Blackpool this weekend obviously haven't they so yeah again it's just and obviously they've the replayed game at um at Rotherham so yep. um you know <laughs> we can we can enjoy that one uh even more now can't we Oh yeah, no pressure, Cardiff, no pressure. So it's amazing. And if they stay up, we just we do with a triple double, no problem. So. I don't know what it's called. I don't even know what it's tripe called. Tripe dupe. <laughs> tripe dupe. There we are. Sex dupe. Trademark that, Jackcast. Yeah. Jackcast. Yeah. I think we need to mention as well the the Cardiff City excuses bingo of um you know it, <laughs> it, it, it matters more to to us obviously that. That's one of them. They they once beat Real Madrid, of course. They once won the FA Cup. You know, the, the swim away doesn't annoy them. I, I can't remember what else. Oh, of course, mentioned flags. That's another classic. I can't remember what else was on there, but um, that did make me laugh, I must admit. And let's be honest, a certain Mr. Raven Donato has used a lot of those and will continue to use a lot of those because he is completely and utterly delusional. That's what I loved. That's what I loved about this because... We've had that every other time we've beaten them, haven't we? About all these excuses. The bingo card comes out and you, you dab them all off before the evening's out. But this one, I've seen so little of because all I see from them is almost an acknowledgement. You know, that we've, Steve, I think, I think we broke them. I think Cardiff City is now completely broke. I think they've just come, this is dissipated and they just surrendered, meekly surrendered now and just thought, well, fuck this because I'm... I, I this this would kill me as a fan, and I think it, it might have killed a lot of them. And they just given up now. They, there was no meek excuses from what I saw and what I've been seeing. It was a it was a I'm, I'm done. <laughs> done. I just don't want to, as, as, I think we, as Andy we have said, to help I, with this fixture. <laughs> I do think we've silenced them for longer than normal, but I'm as certain as a man can be that the next time this fixture gets played, whether it is next season or there is now a little bit of a gap that they will still be full of it because I don't think they're capable of toning it down. I, I, I honestly don't. Like, before, like I think if it was us and we'd have lost three in a row, especially like the fact that it was one goal in the last eight derbies, I think we'd all be like really concerned about this fixture and just a little bit to hell with it, like that the commentator said. But it doesn't seem to be like that for them. They're also be like, yeah, don't worry, we'll, we'll beat you this time and all this type of thing. And, Obviously now this has happened, but like I, I don't think they're they're capable of changing. But I also do think that obviously even though this thing of Bristol City are their main rivals, if the next time they do beat us, I think they'll reel out a um a replica of the Champions League and the World Cup to celebrate. Uh, and obviously Paul Abandonato will do a um you know a special pull out in, in the Western Vale for one of the greatest events in the history You'll of world sports. Sort of special pull out. Sorry, that took it down a level. Sorry, carry on what you saying. But they'll um yeah, there'll be a, a, like a pull-out. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. 
It's just, it, and we've talked about this before, Steve, haven't we? Um, the fact that um, the way they address it is very much what we look at when England are approaching a major tournament as well. You build it up, you build it up, you talk it all up, and then you come crashing down because the expectation is set unreasonably high. And for us, we approach it with a humility and a modesty and a kind of let's all band together and stay as a unit, whereas they come in with a, an arrogance, isn't it? And it's very, we've likened it to the English media before, haven't we? Yeah, I th- but what I find so funny about it is that if you said it to them that, that they are the same thing, they, they'd probably be like, nah, we're not like that at all. It's like, well, you are, because the problem is the Welsh media, you've got nobody else telling them that they're wrong. And basically, in the English media, they probably just think Cardiff oh, need the relevance, so they're not going to tell them that they're wrong. But yeah, obviously, they just pro- uh, preach the garbage about oh, they're some giant and they're so hard done by, and I was a matter of time until you know normal order is restored and they become uh, this this great club established in the Premier League. But it's not going to happen. So yeah, hopefully they they never cotton on to the fact that what they're really like because I think if they did, they could actually be. You know, reasonably successful, but you know, because they're they're always on about trying to run before they can walk, uh, it goes spectacularly wrong. And obviously, they they physically are incapable of not talking. Like I remember, for example, the talking before, weren't they? About um, when I think just before they got relegated out the prem and under Warnock, an article in Wales Online about how they could be potentially be a Newcastle and be getting fifty thousand every week. And I'm thinking to myself. I've got no idea. Newcastle, I think, has a smaller population than Cardiff. Like, I've been several times. You've been as well. It is a giant in terms of football. There's nothing like it there. Like, on the percentage of people that go to games there is off the scale. Like, yeah. it, it, it's very unique. Cardiff have got no hope of being anything like that. But Cardiff aren't, uh, aren't heavily supported from the city either. It's a very dense kind of um, multicultural student as well town. And most of their support comes from the valleys. So to, to liken it to Newcastle anyway is ridiculous because it's a completely different scenario. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, so, but that's just an example of, of what they're like, isn't it? They, you know, they, they preach this, this complete garbage. And it doesn't do them any favours. And I think what happened with that was they, that, that nonsense article came out. And I think then they lost a, a team that was already relegated in like a game they really had to win if they were going to stay up. Obviously, damn, they come. And you know, since then, it's been largely disastrous, isn't it? Uh, apart from that one year they had in the playoffs. But um, yeah, look, they're, they're never, ever going to learn. And uh, I hope they don't because, you know, they are comedy gold. They are comedy gold, but let's stop talking about them and let's talk about post-match and what it was like in the stadium. You were obviously kept in for a little while um, while the locals uh, ambled home. Um, what was it like in that stand? I mean, you only had about 30 seconds left of football to play. Once that final whistle goes, Steve, you've, you're still bouncing, no doubt, from Cabango's goal and then... Um, the ref puts his whistle to his lips. Keith Stroud, I haven't mentioned him yet in this podcast. How the hell I've gone through an hour and 20-minute podcast without mentioning that man's name, I don't know. But I managed to do it. Um, what was it like? I, I just, that moment, the final whistle must have been the icing, the cherry on top of the icing, whatever, everything. Yeah, um, like, like I say, all the players ran over to us. and It must have been a good 10 minutes that, that everybody was there. I mean, you, lo- you lose track of time because you're, you're so in the moment, aren't you? But... Um, I said what was quite funny was after you know obviously we, we've milked it massively and the players have gone in 
you know, the Cardiff sound system just turned up the music blasting to try and, like, drown us out, obviously. Um, but then they put on, like, Coldplay Fix You. Everyone was singing that. Then everyone was singing With or Without You by U2, which was the next one they put on. So it was just quite funny, really. Um, but, yeah, we must have been in there for ages because, remember last year, like, the bus didn't leave the ground until about half past five, and this time it was about ten to six. So that shows you how long we were in there, really, milking the... The celebrations and um, look, you, you've got to enjoy it. I mean, the, these are the moments that you all live for. You don't get many of them as a fan, where you know you're you're just celebrating all, all together, you know, for for ages. Um, yeah, you you've just got to enjoy these moments. They don't come around very often, and you know, we we milked it, and um, that's what you've got to do. And you know, like I said, everyone who was there will never ever forget that day. It was just you know, perfection. Perfection. And you just, well, I can't, I'm not going to add anything to it because that's a good way to end it. I think it's absolutely just unbelievable. Um, and you just, you know, obviously at 99th minute, every, my world came crashing down and I thought I need to be there. <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, um, turned a few tables over and spilled a few drinks in the process. But there we are. We we uh, we move on. Um, look, I could talk about the game for another three hours, and I would love to. We need to move ever so slightly, change tack. And because you're on the podcast, um, Andy, it'd be remiss of me not to mention the talk of a takeover, which has been going on rumbling in the background for months, whether it be. Um, investment, major or minor, whether it be a whole takeover, whether it be an investment with talk of a later takeover. Oh, I mean, you're you're no longer chairman of the trust, but of course, you kind of got feelers and around the club, and you were friends and stuff. What are your? I'm going to poke you and prod you a little bit. What are your take on all this? Uh, I don't have I don't have friends from the club anymore. Right. I don't think. Uh, but, um, it's um, no, I, I I know nothing. Uh, but um, I think that there are there are some very interesting things going on, aren't there? So you know, a couple of weeks ago there was an announcement by the club, uh, which is the first time I'm aware they've the club's ever announced it, saying that um, uh, Jake Silverstein, Jason Levy, and Steve Kaplan had converted some more loans uh, into into shares, which you know that 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 the club having less debt is is a positive thing, but also interestingly that uh, Jake Silverstein's shares. Had been moved into Swansea LLC, which um, some people may remember is the American company uh, that bought the club. So that that that's that's a really interesting thing because it basically means that um, Swansea LLC, I think, now holds around eighty odd percent of the shares in the club, but basically is effectively, you know, you know well owns the club. Uh, but effectively owns most of the shares of the club as well, uh, and and Jake Silverstein is now part of it. So all the all, all the Americans are now part of this one organisation. Uh, the trust are kind of on their own. Uh, Hugh Jenkins and Martin Morgan still have about three percent each, I think it is. Uh, but th- those are, those are on their own as well. So this both both those actions in terms of sort of um, capitalising the debt and also sort of shoring up their own position, it does kind of scream something's happening. Um, and be that, as you say, be that a straight takeover, be it more investment, be it a sort of in, uh, investment in the short term with it, with a op- option to buy in the future, um, which seems to be the one doing the rounds at the moment. Um, yeah, um, something's afoot. 
it's got to be. Um, what 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 that is and what that means very much depends on on your view and, and what it is. I think what, what the reality is of the of the offer or the deal, or whatever. But uh, yes, yeah, some, something's happening. And to be honest, I think maybe a change is is necessary. You know, mm. um, think things aren't particularly great in terms of uh, the ownership and how. Uh, and the relationship with the, with the people on the ground for all sorts of the rumours go anyway. Um, so and you know it it hasn't gone well obviously under this ownership since 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 they come in. So change might be a good thing. It's not to say it will be a good thing. There are an awful lot of wrong ones out there. Um, we we can see other clubs there getting themselves into real problems. But um, yeah, who knows? But something's afoot. And I just hope it's a positive thing. And I hope whoever ha- does have visibility on, on of it and has our interest is making sure that it's a good thing and not just a thing that's for somebody else's benefit. Yeah. Um, to try and put this in layman's terms, because there's been loads of this, thing, including myself, to be honest with you, I'm going to take a, a guess and you can tell me what's right or wrong about this statement. So the, 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 the troublesome thing with Swansea LLC is if, uh, Levy and Gaplan and Silverstein own the rights or the shares rather to the club in their name. Um, there are certain protections on sales of shares and stuff that go to other shareholders and things about um, which you can elaborate on, um, drag along and tag along, etc. On, on on sales of shares and things like that when an ownership buyout it happens. Now then being encompassed in Swansea LLC and their shares being in there, well, the actual shareholder is Swansea LLC, is it not? So if they just change the ownership, then the actual shareholder of Swansea City, that's 80% shareholder, remains at Swansea LLC. So all the other little shareholders don't really, there's not been a change in company's house there in terms of who owns that 80%. It is still that company based in Delaware. Tell me all that's wrong. Tell me a bit of it's right. I'm really not clued up on it. But that is my take on the current issue of the Swansea LLC and Silverstein moving in there only can mean one thing to me, which is Swansea LLC is going to be owned or run by someone else in the near future. Uh, I, I think that's possibly quite likely. Um, yeah, so as, as you say, um, when, when, a, when a holding company owns something else, then if, if there's a change of ownership of that holding company, then there's effective change of control of the other bit. So the thing that always concerned us uh, before this, uh, the deal was done between the trust and the Americans was that what happened, you know, if we look back to 2016, the trust were cut out of that deal. And, you know, whether whether the trust would have taken part in it or not, you know, that would have been a decision for the members at the time. But, um, you know, we should, have, we should have had the right to be able to participate, sell some of the shares, sell all the shares or whatever. Um, so, um, so and, and that was always a concern afterwards that the trust could be cut out again. And a big part of that concern was also, yeah, what happens if, if the Americans just sell Swansea LLC? Because they own that lock, stock and barrel. We don't know who owns it today. We don't know if part of it's already been sold today. We don't we don't know. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll never know because it's filed in Delaware, uh, which is the companies are filed in Delaware for one reason. They don't want people to know what's going on with them. So, yeah, I mean, that that. It is it is a concern that uh, any future sale could effectively be a sale of the holding company, uh, Swansea LLC, um, or not quite the holding company, but um, the, the majority owners, and um, then all the other shareholders, such as the trust, could be cut out. Now, the trusts are on the record as saying there are protections uh, within their shareholders' agreements that protect against that eventuality. Um, 
I, I don't know if that's true. No, nobody outside the trust board knows if that is true, because um, that, that is one of the things that's been talked about as an NDA. So, uh, so they haven't, they won't talk about that publicly or in terms of the details. So we, we don't know. Um, we do know that at Companies House, uh, the Articles of Association, which are the rules that um, govern how a business is structured and the rights the shareholders have, it does say that the trust has tag-along rights, so that if the club is sold, then the trust can sell its Class B shares, which is around nine or ten percent of the. Of the so it has the right to sell those. Uh, but as you say, um, it, um, if, 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 if Swansea LLC is sold, what rights do the other shareholders of the trust have? And that isn't an immediately obvious answer, I'm afraid. So that yeah, is... Talk about bringing so, me down to, to earth, but there we go. <laughs> no, no, it's good. I'm, I'm glad in a way that my packet knowledge of this whole setup and basically from talking to you and DMing you on Twitter and what does this mean, what does this mean and you're trying to explain the ins and outs of it to me is, is kind of now kind of on the right track of the issue being that that holding company gets sold and then the club technically hasn't been because Swansea LLC still own the 80% so I see the problem Steve I'll talk to you now because I'll by point um, when we were chatting about this before we started recording, is that this would um, obviously it's a it's a fresh start. It's it's maybe fresh impetus in terms of cash injection and stuff like that. Um, and from my eyes, it it I come at it from a positive standpoint as it's gone very stale under the current regime. They've obviously had the nightmare of a January window and lessons aren't being learned. So fresh face, fresh ideas, and in particular, a couple of the names that are rumoured to be involved or possibly wanting to be involved, um, having some sort of tangible link to the area is better than the current. Now, I'm looking at it as a class half full kind of optimistic view. Do you share that or are you kind of more reserved about the risks? I mean, the, the problem is you just never know, too. I mean, look, I think I'm always wary when someone comes in because you always think, well, if they're coming in, they're surely they're not just coming in out of the goodness of their heart. There's not too many of them about. It certainly isn't for a club like us. So, you know, I, I would always say I'm wary. I mean, I I don't like this. It's not a secret. I think they've been largely useless. Talk of a next level has been next level down, and I think if they continue to uh, here, it could be next level down again at some point because, you know, they are a shambles basically. But there is one thing I will give them. I don't think we're ever going to go out of business with them in charge. So I'll give them their due at least on that one. But there's no guarantee that somebody else will come in and be any better. I mean, I think we're, we're all that if someone was to buy it, then they would for the right reasons. And they they try and, you know, they back us. You know, they, they make sure that we're, you know, hopefully debt free. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, there's a the, the, the degree of hope, I think, wouldn't there? Because this ownership were unpopular, whereas I think we're, the previous regime obviously were very popular and we were wary about obviously somebody new taking and we were proven to be right. So look, you've got to be very careful. I mean, look, I know a lot of people are probably listening to this, maybe weren't following us, you know, um, 20 odd years ago, but obviously we, we had went through a spell of really not having good owners. And obviously yeah, we got Tony Petty, didn't we, who, you know, could have seen the club. Run. So, Look, we've always got to be very wary, and you know, if someone's coming in, we we need 
we need them to be honest and tell us exactly what they want to do. There's nothing wrong with saying that they don't particularly want to spend money and they want to, you know, run it as a business and they and, and be sensible. But I don't really have a problem with that. But the problem is these guys have, have talked absolute crap from day one and are just hidden in the states. And when they have um, put statements out, they're usually they're just you know a big pile of hot air. So yeah, look, we we do need a new ownership. Whether this one's any good or not, it's always time will tell. And of course, if there is a takeover or just a you know a change of shares or or whether it happens at all. But look, we you know the current regime, if it carries on as it is, like I say, is eventually going to take us into League One. We don't want that. We've worked so hard to get into. You know the upper half of the, the football pyramid, having you know through a lot of our history, been in the bottom half of it, where we probably shouldn't be. We are now, I would say, probably in the division that is our level, if we're being honest. But we don't want to slip out of it, having worked so hard to get in. There's no guarantee of getting back. I mean, you look at some of the other. There's a lot of big teams in League One at the moment, so it wouldn't be easy to to win promotion back up. That's a certainty. So. You know, let's but let's hope that um, you know there is something going on, and someone does take it on. Then, you know, um, that they've got good intentions, and you know, they give us hope again because it does feel like at the moment, other than the Cardiff games, there isn't a lot to hope for. It's just a club drifting backwards. Really, nobody wants that, and that's why I think we so needed what happened on Saturday just to get us feeling good again. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think after January, you could see there was a disconnect between those, <coughs> excuse me, at the club and those who own the club. Um, and we've seen it most transfer windows since they've come here, and it's not really something needs to change, and possibly something permanent needs to change. And lessons aren't being learned, then a permanent change is what is called for. Um, so I think the three of us are in agreement that we're cautiously optimistic, but also. <laughs> That we just wait and see, because nothing is guaranteed in football. Um, but yeah, Steve said, just the glimmer of hope, not for crazy money. We don't want uh, money thrown at the club that puts a huge risk, um, but something that we can at least invest in tangible assets going forward and then become self-sufficient. Um, that's what Flynn Downs was, and that's what Matt O'Reilly would have been. And players that we just need to go and shout out. And Ogbeni at Rotherham now, players like that. Just getting the players in who will be worth more, all being well. Here's done a line, sensible investments. And that's what we're looking for. I think we're all in agreement there. Um, but, gents, look, I, we could talk Swans card if we could talk all this all night. I mean, I've really loved this podcast. Andy, thank you so much for coming on. It's It's been a nice change of tone tonight. It, it was until the end, mate, until I um, brought, brought the tone down. But um, you've got to have a bit of balance, haven't you? So it's, um, it's still it's still a good news week, I reckon, and hopefully some better news coming up. We can but hopefully. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it was, a, what was it, a, a bad news sandwich or whatever it was. We, <laughs> yeah, a bit of good, bit of bad. Bit of, yeah. But there you know, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming back on. And um, yeah, hopefully um, next time we bring you on to talk about shares and sales, it's because something actually has happened this time and we can. Um, we can talk about what that, where that leaves the Swans, and um, oh, well, the future, I suppose. But um, as for the Jack Cast, we'll be back, even though it feels like we've probably peaked uh, right now. Next up is Coventry on Good Friday at the Liberty, and the weather forecast is meant to be a scorcher. So prepare for sunshine, enjoy yourself, and if it gets too warm, you can always go to an ice cream van and pick up a 99. 
Good night. <laughs>